It is good to be thankful. Uh, I hope that you spend some time giving thanks t- today and reflecting on, on the many good things and the wonderful people in your life uh, this weekend and beyond. Uh, as I observe the world, uh, there is something that I've noticed about our, our posture of thanksgiving and how it is largely connected to the people in our lives. Not so much the stuff, but the people. Now, if we have, if we have healthy relationships, uh, if we're getting along with people, uh, if we're feeling accepted, if we have a healthy group or a family to belong to, uh, it is much more likely that we are thankful people. However, the opposite is also true, as I observe the world. Uh, when people are living in toxic environments, or when they are not appreciated or not welcomed, or they do not have a place to belong, it is very difficult to be thankful. Our relationships, they have a very powerful effect in our lives. And so this is one of the reasons that the Bible speaks so much to the topic of our relationships. So this morning I want to talk specifically, in light of all this, on the topic of hospitality uh, and being welcoming and opening to one another. So we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2 this morning. It says this, Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. This is a fascinating verse. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Right, that's pretty neat. Now this is, this is the opening two verses in the last chapter, the concluding words of the book of Hebrews. Now the writer of the book frames this call to offer hospitality as a way of demonstrating love for one another. Now hospitality is one of the most practical ways that we love one another. Now this verse that speaks to entertaining angels is alluding to a very specific story. It takes us all the way back to the first book of the Bible in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. Now, In this story, Abraham welcomes three strangers. And Abraham invites them to rest in the shade. He brings them water to wash their feet. Uh, he prepares a feast for them to eat. Now, in Abraham's day, uh, a person's reputation was largely connected to their hospitality. And so at a time when Abraham didn't know... At the time, Abraham didn't know who these strangers were, only that they were passing through and that he was in an opportunity in a place to to invite them and to serve them. And so he did. And so as the story progresses, we learn that these were not merely men. These were angels sent from God. Now, there's a whole lot more to the story. We're not going to explore all of that. But the fact that he is entertaining angels, that's pretty amazing. But the emphasis that I want to focus on this morning is what the, the... the focus of this verses are about, and that's about showing hospitality, this emphasis to be hospitable. And so what is hospitality? See, hospitality, like Abraham showed to these very special guests, is an offer to identify with outsiders and treat them as insiders. Hospitality literally means love of strangers. It's about being welcoming and open. And its primary purpose is to create a safe place for welcomeness and friendship. It's something that we all long for. Now our vision statement here at SCMC says this. 
We envision an environment of openness as we gather, becoming more like Jesus as we grow, and being missionaries where we live and around the world as we go. So that first part, that environment of openness as we gather, that's hospitality. Now we want, we want people to feel welcomed. We want people to belong. We want people to experience real and meaningful friendships and support and care. We want people to be able to be real with one another, warts and all. And it starts and it continues with the, with the welcoming presence, with hospitality. Now we just celebrated communion together. Communion is God welcoming us to his table. He's inviting us into relationship, into fellowship with himself, the living God. He's inviting us to receive his grace and forgiveness. See, hospitality is central to the character of God, and God calls us, his people, to then extend this same love and hospitality to others in our lives. And so we see this, this God-centered vision for hospitality all throughout Scripture. If you go back to the book of Exodus, the second book in the Bible, after God rescued the Israelite people from slavery in Egypt, God led them to Mount Sinai, where he gave his people the law. Now in the law, God showed his people how they were to live in such a way that honored and pleased him, or how to live in a way that reflects who he is. See, he was preparing them to represent him well in this world. Right, especially as they looked ahead to inheriting this land that God had promised to them. And so Leviticus chapter 19, verses 33 and 34, we read about some of these laws that God had given them. It says this, When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native-born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Like the exclamation point at the end. See, God is reminding them, remember where you came from. Remember how you felt when you were strangers. In my kingdom, God says, we do things differently. Right? We accept people. We extend grace to people. We love them as we love ourselves. And so Jesus, God, God in the flesh, he modeled hum hospitality better than anyone. Now, we don't read about him, him hosting anyone in his home, but we read story after story about how he welcomed and how he invited people, how he, how he loved people. So just think back to some of the stories that we've looked at over the past couple of weeks. In Luke 5, Jesus met a man of leprosy. And the lepers, they were the, the unclean, uh, the shunned people that were living on the uh, outside places of town in isolation because of their infectious skin disease. And the leper begged Jesus to heal him. And Jesus, he could have healed him from a distance. We know he has the power to do that. But rather, the text tells us that he reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. See, Jesus, he saw this man's need and it, that went far greater than his need for physical healing. Jesus offered him acceptance and love. That is a posture of openness and hospitality. Then in the next story, in Luke 5, Jesus allowed this interruption of a desperate group of friends as they were lowering their paralyzed friend in front of Jesus. 
And Jesus, he saw, he saw their need. He also saw way beyond this man's need for physical healing, something so much deeper he needed yet, he welcomed this man and saw his need for forgiveness. In the story after that, Jesus demonstrated hospitality by simply being present and available with people. And in this case, it was with those who were the tax collectors and those considered the, the sinners. And the Pharisees, they ask him, why does, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Right? They're thinking, I mean, isn't Jesus better than that? To which Jesus replied, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so time and time again, Jesus made himself available and present for those in need. And as we see in these encounters, Jesus, that he had with other people, uh, real hospitality is healing for people. Now it connects, it connects with people at some of their, their deepest needs and longings. Now some of you will have likely picked up this connection between the words hospitality and hospital. They are connected. Now the church has always been intended to be a, a type of hospital for people, for people in need. The church does not focus so much on the physical pain, but as we, as we listen, as we accept, as we welcome people, we bring a type of healing that goes so much deeper than just the physical. We connect with people on some of the deepest longings that every person has. That need for acceptance, that need for connection, that need for belonging and love. And most importantly, our need for a savior. This is what Jesus brought people time and time again. It's what he so faithfully modeled. The gospel, the story of God, is hospitable at its core. Jesus came into this world that he made to show us his love, right? to free us from the sin that destroys us and to make a way for us to be reconciled to him in relationship. And in Matthew 20, verse 28, tells us that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came with an eye out for all those who were in need, all those he would cross paths with. And Jesus ultimately demonstrated this most fully at the cross where he opened his arms toward us both literally and figuratively with love and with welcomeness. Communion testifies to this. It was at the cross where Jesus took our sin, our rebellion, our insecurities, our fears, our anger, all the stuff that d destroys relationships. And in exchange, he offers us his grace and his peace and his righteousness. And he invites us. He invites us into his presence. Grace is the hospitality of God to welcome sinners, not because of our goodness, but because of his goodness, because of who he is. And so God calls us, his people, his followers, to go and do likewise, to open our arms, our hearts toward others, especially toward those who are on the outside and are longing to be invited. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to offer you this morning two practical and tangible ways that we can break out of our comfort zones and practice hospitality with one another. So if you look in your bulletin, you're going to find an insert in there. And this is an invitation, this is the first invitation to practice hospitality. 
And there's an insert titled, Who's Coming for Supper? Now this is something that we as a church have done in the past. Uh, This is a, a great way to form new friendships, to practice hospitality, to have fellowship with others from our church family around a supper table. Now if you are newer to us, or if this is your first time here, or if you've been here for a long time, uh, you are invited to join. All right? So here's how it works. What you do is you fill out the form uh, with the relevant information. Uh, There's a section where you can indicate if you would like to be, if you're willing to be a host. And then what you do is you place that paper uh, in the offering bag that will come around in a few minutes. And then what we'll do is we will contact our host to see how many people they can host, and then we'll make some groups. So it might be a bit of a mystery of who's coming to your place if you're willing to be a host, or if you sign up, we'll see who you get paired up with, uh, and the host will arrange a time and a date uh, for, for you guys to meet and stuff like that. And if you're worried about allergies, we'll sort that out later. Before we move on, though, just a quick note to those who are considering being hosts, but recognizing that some of you feel nervous about doing so, Maybe because you feel nervous about having people at your place. Maybe you feel as though your house is never clean or tidy enough or not big enough or or whatever. If that is the case, here's a little challenge for you. I invite you, those of you willing to be hosts, uh, to help everyone feel a bit more comfortable. And so before everyone arrives, just throw a few things on the floor so that people know it's okay not to have everything perfectly tidy. All right? If you're even able to do that. Anyways, my, my hope is that this event will help, uh, will help empower you, equip you to get a bit more out of your comfort zone and learn more about others in the church family. And I also hope it gives you the courage and confidence to do this more often and to begin extending that to others. And so I hope to see many of you sign up. There's a second practical way that we can practice hospitality. And for the second part, I'd like to invite Andrea Dick to join us for this part. From, as you know, many of you know, a while back our family, our church family, committed to sponsor an Afghan refugee family. And together we raised uh, a lot of money to help them settle, settle in here. Uh, and we are anticipating that they, well, we were hoping that they will arrive any week now. Uh, this family comes to us from a very different culture than ours. In fact, there are many in our community, actually, that, that come from these different cultures as well. And so, with that in mind, Andrea, you have spent many years living in a culture that is very different than ours, a culture that is similar to the family that, that we are anticipating moving here soon. Can you share with us uh, where you lived and served and for how long? in 2000. We lived for almost seven years in Uzbekistan and then moved to the other side of the mountains to Xinjiang, northwest China until 2018. During those years we also stayed in or visited Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Afghanistan and Turkey. Okay, that's quite a lot of places. So a question for you then. Uh, As we reflect on how God has welcomed us and how he calls us to extend that love and welcomeness to others, how can we best show hospitality to this family that we have been eagerly anticipating? First, I think um, we hold that posture that you read in uh, Hebrews 1. We're extending hospitality to brothers and sisters. We haven't met in person, but this couple are a brother and sister in the Lord. There's a connection we already have. 
I also felt there's a special reciprocity to the hospitality we have this chance to offer. This church sent Gary and me to that part of the world and we were so welcomed. Many families in Central Asia opened their homes, their hearts, and sacrificially shared time and food with us. Welcoming a family here feels to me like a small exchange of some of that. Part of that hospitality culture was that people and connection was a very high priority. We were rarely left alone. One time when my parents were visiting us um, in Tashkent and my friend was cooking us a meal, she actually called a relative over to come sit with us so we wouldn't be alone while she was in the other room. This cousin had been on her way to the dentist but had to come and sit with us to keep us company. Another aspect of this people-oriented culture was they wouldn't want to make us feel bad by saying no to any invitation or request. People would attend multiple weddings in one evening just to not have to say no and offend someone. We learned to ask very open-ended questions. Instead of asking, is this the right way to go? We learned to ask, where should we go? They wouldn't want to offend us by saying we were going the wrong way. That culture sounds a bit different than ours. Uh, as much as I enjoy having some of that, my personal time during parts of the day, I really love their commitment to this hospitable community. Um, reflecting on the time you've spent in these different cultures, uh, what do you miss most about living in that culture? And, and my real, it's the people. Obviously, I think of certain people, and this is not because it's your sermon topic, but really their warmth and hospitality and the way they'd make us feel so welcome. They, there were about six or seven families in our first city that just treated us like part of their family. Many, many hours of sitting around tables and eating and talking and laughing. Hmm. Right on. Okay, next question for you. Thinking about uh, everything this family may have gone through over the past number of years and the very thought of moving to a new and very different place, are there any emotional considerations that we can make as we show hospitality to them? Mm -hmm. It'll be good for us to remember that leaving home, living in transition for this long, moving to a drastically different place, even if that move is positive, this is likely a traumatic experience. We would expect variable days. Resilience is a pattern of emotional waves as we gradually bounce back. It's really important for newcomers to have a sense of safety, community, and a sense of agency. One way to build community in a way that protects an instinctive sense of safety is for a new person who's meeting them to be introduced to them by someone who they've already met and connected with, like matchmaking and gradually building a village of connection. We see this instinct with babies, actually. If you hold a baby in, in your arms and the parents are speaking to a new person, the baby will look between the parent's eyes and the new person's eyes to see, is this a person I can trust? Another safe way to approach them as parents is to support them as a whole family, supporting the parents as they take care of their kids, but not to offer to take the children away. A sense of agency in a new location can be developed over time, providing support but respecting their choices. For myself, setting up in other locations across the world, it felt really important I was able to make some decisions in our house setup. Even though our homes there were so different from here, it was nice to choose colors and things that reflected our personalities within that environment. Right on. Well, thank you for sharing with us. Uh, if you would like to learn more about anything that Andrea has just shared, you mean just, was just a few minutes here, um, but you were invited to talk to her after the service. There's a table out in the atrium. Uh, she's also prepared some papers uh, that you can take home that include some of this information and some of the helpful tips uh, that she shared this morning. Today is Thanksgiving. Like I mentioned that a few times already. 
Uh, it is good to give thanks. And God has blessed us as a people in so many ways. And all of us have been the new person in one setting or another at some point. Maybe it was at work, maybe it was at school, at church, uh, with a, a, a new group of peers or even a family gathering. Can you remember uh, the, the person who walked alongside you and showed you that hospitality that you so desperately needed? It is a gift to receive that. And so hospitality is all about creating and being a, that safe place. And, and one of the, the best and most practical ways of expressing thanksgiving to God and love for people that he's put in our lives is by extending this grace and this love and this hospitality to others in our lives. And so as the writer of Hebrews tells us, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some who have done this have even entertained angels without realizing it. And there is this, there's something very profound implied in this verse. Uh, it's, the, it's the blessing we receive as we open ourselves to God. To others. In the, in the story that the writer of Hebrews is alluding to, Abraham did not know who these people were when he welcomed them. It was only later that he discovered that the identities of these illustrious guests. Now you and I, we, we may not entertain angels in a literal sense, although maybe I suppose it's possible, but, but any stranger or guest may turn out to be a messenger of blessing to us. And therefore I encourage you to say yes, to avail yourself to what God desires to do in and through you. So I'd like to close our time uh, by, by praying together. Uh, I've asked Andrea to pray for the family that will soon be joining us, and then I'll pray for over us as a church. Thank you, Father, that you have kept this family safe. May they experience a growing sense of safety, physically, emotionally, and socially. Thank you for your care for them. Help us and others in our community to care well for them. Let them feel rest and be able to rest into the care that you've provided and that the, this community will provide. We ask for healing for them, for any trauma or emotional wounds that have happened in this time. We ask for the children that they would feel a sense of safety that the grown-ups around them are taking care of them. We ask for you to help them with their adaptation process. Help them to grow into their new life here with resilience, holding on to who they have been before and finding new joy in who they will be as a family in this new place. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the love and the grace that you've shown us. We thank you for the invitation into your kingdom, into your family as children of God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the way that you demonstrated love and hospitality to all those that you came into contact with. Thank you for welcoming us to your table. And Lord, I pray for all of us this morning. I ask Lord, that you would give us eyes to see the, the deepest needs of people. Give us hearts of love for our neighbors as well as for the strangers that we meet. Help us to understand what it means to love others as we love ourselves. Fill us with generosity so that we would be a people who who feed the hungry and clothe those in need and, and visit the lonely. Help us to remember to listen and to smile and to offer a helping hand to those in need. Help us to be a healing balm to the lonely and the hurting. And may your light shine on us that we may reflect your light, that we might be a people who radiate your love and hospitality brightly. And Lord, as we take the offering now, we give you thanks for the many ways that you have provided for us. Help us and teach us to be generous with the provisions you've entrusted to us.
For your glory we pray this. In Jesus' name, amen.